Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. Welcome, everybody, to episode 32 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm one of your co-hosts, Phil Souza, and I'm here with my co-host, my good friend, and the guy who is 40 years old but still a minor at heart. Oh. It's Jack Alterman. Uh, thanks for uh, having me out here. I don't get to leave El Paso very often, so thank you so much. <laughs> if you're not catching the reference, I meant M-I-N-E-R, minor. Not M-I-N-O-R. Correct, which is definitely what I thought... When I first watched this movie and got to the first scene where they mentioned minor, I that thought, made me laugh I because you was... didn't know that. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know it's the mascot. UTEP. They're UTEP now, but back then it was Texas Western. You didn't know that their mascot was the miners. Yeah, yeah. Like a miner, like a mine, gold miner, or a coal miner, or like a, you know, I, I'm assuming gold miner. Yeah, yeah. Diamond miner. So we're Harold talk- <laughs> Harold Miner, Baby Jordan, Harold <laughs> so Miner. So many different kinds of miners. Uh, and so we we're talking about Glory Road today, and we have an awesome guest on the show uh, with us today, uh, Jerry McMullen, who has been on the show before uh, for the what is that sci-fi movie? I always forget the name of Black Hole. Black Hole, of course. Black, Black Hole, hole yeah. son. <laughs> uh, Jerry, yep, how are we you? We did that back in December. It was great. Well received. Um, Jerry, t- tell the, tell the folks at home how how you're doing these days, and uh, tell tell us why you suggested this movie. You actually threw out several suggestions, but yeah. Um, first of all, I'm doing as well as can be expected. I mean, <laughs> uh, we're we're all still trying to figure out what our new normal is in life, and uh, it right now it just means spending a lot more time with the uh, the family people i'm related to by marriage um, <laughs> but uh no we're we're doing good uh making the best of the situation and having having the entertainment options like disney plus is definitely helping to uh ease the pressure that everyone's under so. yeah that's something we've talked about just ever so briefly on a couple of episodes and i don't know that we've gotten into really an in-depth discussion but man if you are a streaming service right now you just got to be loving all the subscriptions that you're getting people are looking for entertainment yeah. and and if you're a movie theater boy sucks for you but if you have a <laughs> if you have a streaming service you're kind of liking things yeah yeah i had signed up for the disney plus the three-year package when they offered it last summer oh yeah uh just the the way it breaks down it was going to be less than four dollars a month and it's like sure i can easily waste four dollars mm-hmm. a month yeah doing nothing but uh, mm-hmm. uh, since since we've been home, I have picked up. Um, well, we had Amazon Prime and Netflix, uh, but we did pick up the HBO, not the the full blown HBO Max, but just HBO Go through the oh yeah Amazon Fire Stick. So it kind of expands our options, gives us uh, more first run movies to look at. So yeah, there's so much to watch, and like honestly, like. 
and I'm not even saying this for Disney Plus, although obviously we're a podcast that talks about Disney Plus, but like any streaming service, including Disney Plus that you choose, there's no way you could watch everything that's on there. Like it would take a lifetime to watch every single episode of every show that's on just the shows Mm -hmm. alone, not even the movies. So yeah, yeah, there's an endless supply of stuff and that's good. That's a good thing because we're all, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like I said, starving for entertainment right now. So yeah. To answer your other question, um, I, I, suggested multiple movies i i went into my disney plus queue my watch list of things that i've marked that i've wanted to watch and um glory road was one um john carter was another one i've mentioned we've done a lot of uh sci-fi stuff together so figured that might be a good one um and the one that i really want and i definitely want to come back with you guys it's not on there yet mcfarland usa oh yeah i think it's disney plus in september or october so when it does i'm going to come You're back on. on and talk to that with that, you guys that was a oh. huge award-winning movie wasn't it didn't it didn't that kind of sweep the golden globes and oscars and stuff before no no okay no. I'm, I'm thinking you're of thinking of then. something else okay it's a sports movie though right yes okay yes i remember hearing uh, about it a lot when when it first came out it's uh kevin costner and it's about a cross-country program yeah, there you go. okay cross country i've not seen that yeah. one either obviously i don't know very much about it but yeah um and that's what's cool about disney plus is like i just have access i own all these movies now mm-hmm. so yes so glory road was one that's been on i i remember when it came out like 2005 2006 and at that point we were uh new parents and we didn't have a lot of time to get out of the house and mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah we'll watch that someday and 15 years later, here I am. (laughs) (laughs) So like Jerry said, he threw out several suggestions to us. And um, honestly, and I'm not, you know, we're not a politics podcast. We're not going to get into politics real heavy here today. But um, I mean, it's, you'd have to be living under a rock to know, to not be aware of the, um, you know, to put it plainly, like the awkward race relations that are going on right now. (laughs) And the world is, is hurting um, and is going through, a lot of difficult, deep conversations right now. And when you threw out the idea of Glory Road, I was like, hey, is that that movie? And, and I looked it up. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is about the black. I mean, not an all black mm-hmm. team, but a team that was predominantly, um, you know, the starters were predominantly black. And um, I had heard about that, that game from 1966 that obviously is the pinnacle of this mm-hmm. movie. And I thought, oh, man, what a better time. Is there a better time to talk about this kind of subject matter, whether yeah. it be Remember, Remember the Titans or this movie or any other movie that talks about, um, you know, um, black heroes than than right now where we find ourselves in the world? Yeah, so. it it and like you mentioned with Remember the Titans, they kind of they're almost like companion movies. One one focusing on high school football, one focusing on uh, college basketball and to me they are good ways to begin a conversation mm. at different points in each movie you see the the two sides discussing their points of view yeah um in in the movie glory road that we're talking about there was a scene shortly before the final four national championship game where the coach decides that he's going to start five african-american players on the team uh throughout the season it had been a mix of uh white players black black players but this was the first time he was starting five black players and part of that was he knew that the opposing coach had 
had been very public with his opinions regarding black athletes. Mm. And I think he was trying right around. I think he was trying to make a statement that the black players were important and needed to be recognized as such. Yeah. Um, Adolph Rupp had a great career at Kentucky, but he was, he was very entrenched in his views in life. Yeah. Yeah, older gentleman, uh, Don Haskins being um, the young buck, you know, he they made a, a big point in the movie about how he was essentially a, a high school girls basketball coach and all mm-hmm. of a sudden was, he's up in the big leagues, you know, other than NBA, like, you know, that's he's about as high as he can get. Um, it, it, it's the big leagues, but it's like the most remote yes. spot you can get <laughs> yeah. in the big leagues. I mean, the, the <laughs> program was not not known for their – for their record or abilities prior to Haskins getting there. Yeah. Uh, and the facilities were probably less than standard for what you saw with other schools yeah. in the movie. Let me kind of read the synopsis that they have on Disney plus and then we'll, we'll kind of get into some of the, um, the conversation about that. I might pick uh, Jackson, um, not just a movie buff, but is really into sports like in real life and sports history. So IRL. Um, yeah, IRL. And so I want to kind of get his uh, thoughts on, on just uh, Western Tex- Texas Western and all that kind of stuff. But um, it says, um, uh, inspired by a true story, inspired is <laughs> a key word in they that definitely, phrase. They definitely take some, they take some, <laughs> yeah. some, le- some uh, leeway. On some, yeah, some liberties, yeah. yeah. Uh, future Hall of Fame basketball coach Don Haskins takes a job at a small Texas university and brings a simple philosophy to the team. Start the best players you can. When that means forming history's first all African American lineup, their unlikely success sends shockwaves through the sport, paving the way for an epic showdown with number one ranked Kentucky. So that that obviously the the big climax of the movie, if you've seen it or if you're not not going to see it and you're just you know listening to us talk about it, um, it it basically the movie ends with a uh, like I said, an epic showdown between this small, like super small El pa- from El Paso, mm-hmm. uh, right on the border of Mexico kind of college. And then, um, this massive, you know, university of Kentucky and, and that very winning team. Like they had, had, had so many titles and stuff like that even before this year. I think I will get to the ends later in the show, but like, I think you're watching this movie and you're like, how in the world is this small college? I want to talk about what Jerry was saying about like, you know, big leagues is, is maybe putting it a little bit too nice. Like this, this is, uh, in the opening scenes of this movie, you feel like he's like, they're just driving and driving and driving. There's well, nothing and, out there. It's just and dust. West Texas is, um, and this is Southern, Southern West Texas. I hit myself in the face earlier is why, okay. why I moved this mic away. Cause I, I literally drew it back and uh, kicked myself in the face with this mic. So at about minute, uh, five, you're going to want to <laughs> mute my mic. Um, uh, UTEP, what it's called now, UTEP, um, is so far. I mean, El Paso, Texas, is right on the Mexico border. Uh, it is a uh, you know honestly culturally, uh, you know this movie deals with diversity obviously, but like I, I know people. There are people that I've worked with uh, in in school in in school for a principal that I had before. He was a principal in El Paso, Texas, oh, wow. and he would talk about people that lived in Mexico and walked across. There's a bridge that they walk across to get mm-hmm. to work. Huh. Um, and it was not bad. Like, honestly, it was not... 
there was a ton of Latino people that worked side by side with with uh, with white people. So like, as far as an area that this could actually happen in, um, that's not that far off to imagine. You have a diverse group of people between a very large Latino population and a very large, I mean, fairly large white population. But honestly, especially right now, I would say that the major overall majority of people in El Paso are. Latino, I mean, of descent. So, yeah. like at the time, now, granted, 1960s, um, uh, schools in general would have been, it, it's still in that that horrible, weird, uh, segregated time where, where, you know, everything's desegregated, but it's not really desegregated. Like, you, it's... It, you had separate but equal. Yeah, and, and you, but you would be in, um, we'd transition past, we'd transition past the point of, of, high schools that were and schools that were strictly this is a black school like i'm talking high schools we still have colleges that are predominantly african-american schools like in the south we have yeah grambling and we have a ton of other schools all those schools that are part of that delaware state even one like like even in the north that are predominantly bl- uh black schools um some white folks go there but I'm just saying, like, yeah. there's segregation. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's oh, it's no. absolutely still. Go to Grambling. On, uh, go, when you're in, uh, I have, my in-laws live in Louisiana, 20 miles from Grambling, and it is a predominantly black school. Like, the population of the school is 90% black. And Wow. Um, so, you look at Grambling. I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting them. There's this big, those schools all have huge band programs. So, if you've ever been around band, yeah. you know that, I'm gonna, I've, I've got to say a few of them. Is it Georgia? Not Georgia Southern. <laughs> What's the other one? Uh, it's all part of the SWAC, the Southwest Athletic Conference, the SWAC. Okay. Uh, El Paso is not part of that. El, El Paso at this time, UTEP would have been part of the Southwestern Conference. I no, I think they were. What I were they part of? They weren't part of the Southwestern. Let me look it up here. Uh, Western, Western Athletic. Possibly Western. Yeah, the WAC probably. Yeah, you're right. So, so that's t- totally different thing. But as far as like diversity and segregation, you think about like uh, just the way that. Uh, People were, I don't know, people are, are treated as second-class citizens even though they have citizenship and they have, they're have they part of the same country, treated like different people. My wife, uh, the town that she's from in southeast Missouri, Jerry, uh, in that town, and it's not obviously not open now, but as you drive into town, there is uh, the African-American school on the left. It's still the, the – bri- the bri- it's still a standing building. And it closed in the early, I think it's the early 60s, maybe I'm going to get that wrong, but early 60s, late 50s. And it literally was black people, you go to school here. And this is a town of, Jerry, you have to understand too, like, <laughs> I'm trying to think of, of what uh, a town out your way to compare it to. I don't know enough of Kansas uh, towns uh, that are around Kansas City. The tiniest, well, you've driven through Humansville to go to SBU yeah. when you're in, mm-hmm. think of a third of the size, size of Humansville, and this is this town. And yet, and yet they had an all. But they black. had an all black school. That's crazy. So it's, it's like halfway Missouri, which is halfway between Bolivar <laughs> exactly, and yes. Buffalo. Yes, and you're just like, why did they have to have a, back then an all black school and they had it a white school and it's just weird. It's a different time. Like the, um, uh, we should mention this movie is takes place in the 60s. So yes, it's in the yeah, mi- in yeah, the middle of yeah. all of this like uh, 65, 66. And I, yeah. I I find it really Don Haskins. If you look at the things he did and and his career. Uh, one of my my biggest things I'll go backwards. He was at UTEP for like thirty years. I mean, it wasn't like mm-hmm. like. But who does that, Jerry? Like you know this. You live in Kansas. You're not that far from Lawrence. Uh, nope. Lawrence uh, K- 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 KU basketball. <laughs> There's K in, in America. Here, if I were to say, 
KU, University of Kentucky, um, Indiana, the Hoosiers, and I, then I might say legacy-wise UCLA. Those are probably the top four in my mind as far as like and Duke. I guess I'd go Duke and you and, and, and North Carolina. Carolina. So like yeah. those are the marquee places. But even in those places, other than like Coach K and Dean Smith, but now those you know like uh, Dean Smith's long since gone, and so like. People don't stay at schools, especially Division One schools, that, that long. And uh, for Don Haskins to stay there and be successful, it, it says a lot about yeah. his ability. And it says a lot about him as a person uh, to go outside of the norm. He was recruiting. He recruited these African-American players because not because he was like, you know what we need to do? We need to pick just seven random jabron uh, African-American guys to come play at our school. You know, no, he wasn't saying that. He was saying these guys are the best possible people I can find. And I know yep. they made it look like, I know they made it look like in the, <laughs> his strategy was really funny, like in the movie, because it's like this, like, oh, I heard about this one guy over here, the blah, blah, blah. That's not, recruiting even back then was still like, oh, this guy's good. Can he, will he come here? It's a question. Two, if we, if we, if he does come here, how is he going to be treated if he comes here? Yeah. Um, yeah. Things I've read about Adolph Rupp, I know we talked about Adolph Rupp to start mm-hmm. the things out. Adolph Rupp was – it's the same as, like, Bear Bryant, like, in Alabama, like, in football. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that – like, Bear Bryant grew up with a lot of African-American people, just like Adolph Rupp. He coached some African-American people when he was a high school coach. Mm. And But it's one of those where what did the culture that they were surrounded in, the world that they were surrounded in, you have to make this distinction of, okay, I'm going to – let's say I'm going to play this person or recruit this person. Does that mean I'm just going to get fired? Because – in reality, for those guys at that time, they would have it would have been a whole thing. So then you yeah. make that you make that social decision of, well, I guess I won't do that because I want to keep a job or that that sort of thing. You know, like it's a different yeah. it's a different world, a different context. Um, it's difficult. A, a it's couple difficult. things I'll throw in there. Sure. You know, at the start, Don Haskins did try to recruit white players but white players wouldn't come to his school the, the talent <laughs> yeah. well the talented so, players yeah. were going to the bigger schools right. the more established programs right they, they wouldn't give don haskins the time of day right. so one of the characters don haskins had to start recruiting players that other schools weren't looking at yes one, one of the char- characters hilariously in the movie says um sorry coach i'm partial to winning yeah <laughs> Exactly. Uh, And to go back to your point you made about Kansas and the coaches, KU basketball has been around since the 1880s, 1890s. Yeah, Paul, uh, Alan. 130 years. We've had eight coaches in our think about that wow. Right. And and, so, and, and and the the only coach with a losing record is <laughs> James Naismith, the guy that invented, invented basketball. basketball. <laughs> and also, didn't didn't Fog Allen – Fog Allen is the, the, the arena there is named after him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Adolph Rupp played for Fog Allen. This is how oh, long wow. ago we're talking. Like, wow. Like, did Naismith – did Fog Allen play for Naismith? That's my question. Yes, yes. Think about that lineage. And uh, you have not, like <laughs> not, not just Adolph Rupp. Dean Smith played at KU. Which is unbelievable, which says a yeah. lot about how – Dean Smith, by the way, Phil, for you, Dean Smith was Michael Jordan's uh, college basketball coach. Oh, wow. Cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. But also Roy Williams was one of the assistants on UNC's team, but Roy Williams yeah. also was one of the eight head coaches at Kansas. He yeah. was at KU for 15 years. Yeah. Uh, I cannot – Isn't that crazy? 
eight coaches in how many hundred and twenty something years of basketball? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Jerry, I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off. Were you? Did you have more to add? Sorry, Sorry. yeah, I get excited about stuff. I, if I did, I've lost track. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't. Know. I'll be sure to bring it up. One so. thing, I, one of the, so Jack, um, you know, laid out like four, four or five different things. But one of the, one of the things I wanted to kind of chime in on is, it, it was not. I mean, I guess I could, I guess I, I probably could have guessed at this, but watching it happen in the movie, and I know the movie is only loosely based on reality, but um, watching, you know, what probably was very real back then of the politics involving in, you know, who, which players you were, you try to recruit, and mm-hmm. how like literally your job is on the line depending on if you recruit that black kid or that white kid, yep. and how. Like nowadays, you think like, oh man, like it shouldn't be that way, and it's like, well, no, it shouldn't have been that way back then either. But that's that is the reality of that I, time. I mentioned I'm a huge football fan, uh, Jerry, and I coach football mm-hmm. and have for twenty years, literal twenty years now. And yeah. I'm a huge Bear Bryant fan from a standpoint of, um, I know where he came from. It's this tiny town. There is no logical reason that we should even know who Bear Bryant is because if you knew where he came from, I talked about. The tiny town my wife is from, it's like that, where it's like, it's, yeah. it's just, the it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Bear Bryant, he attempted to recruit and talked about recruiting African Americans to Alabama back when there was that color barrier and there was not, you know, we're not, you know, there's unwritten rules. It's Alabama in the 60s. Yeah. I mean, literal, George Wallace, the governor of the state, mm-hmm. is blocking um, Alabama University, am I right? Yeah, or is it, uh, yeah th- fr- from allowing African Americans to enroll. Oh my! Just saying, like, yeah. And so Bear yeah. Bryant is the head football coach at the time. There's two people with the most power in the state, and it's George Wallace, the governor, and Bear Bryant, the head football coach at Alabama. And so for him to say, "Y'all, you know what? We are going to recruit African Americans." They, George Wallace, is in control of, of, uh, of the college. It's not like you know. What I'm saying it's yeah. the uni- state university. If Bear Bryant would have done that, they but, just would have fired him. Oh, would, as, as, but you, the mere suggestion yeah. of it would be, here's a box for your, your right, things. Go right. ahead. Here, there's the I, door. I struggle. <laughs> I struggle oh. with this, Jerry. I struggle with, and I don't know anyone's heart. I don't know Bear Bryant's heart. He's long dead. Like, mm-hmm. he died in 1982. But, like, I struggle with generalizations of, well, he must have just been this or what. Hey, he, he made struggles. I do know this. All signs point to George Wallace being a total creepazoid, but... Anyway, that's that's beside the point. Um, all I'm saying is this: is that here's what Bear Bryant did, and here's why he was a genius. And eventually, uh, Rupp was able to get African Americans to come to Kentucky, and Bear Bryant did this. He scheduled USC. USC had African Americans. Alabama is like number one in the country. USC top top ten, and USC just blows their doors mm-hmm. off. And so he basically was like, what was – like, he's talking to people after the game. They're like, well, what happened? He's like, well, what was the difference? Well, they've got so-and-so. Yep. He's fast. Yep. He's more athletic than we are. Yep. And then it literally took – the proof is in the pudding of we'll continue to get beat, like, unless we change the way we do things. Yeah. Like, does that make sense? Like, he had to take that long route because he grew up around African-Americans. So all I'm saying is, like, Don Haskins – in this time, can you imagine? I can't. Yeah. Like I, it, it had to be. This had to have happened in a place like I think. I'm saying this. I don't know. This had to have happened in a place like El Paso, where there are, there's a, a diverse co- population of people. It's not. Oh yeah. 
white white people <laughs> like me there's, sit, there's sitting around. like mariachi bands in, yeah, the, in the movie. But like, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's a diverse place. It's a diverse place. So like the only place that might even be able to be pulled off. It couldn't have happened. It couldn't have happened in Missouri at the time. It couldn't have happened in the deep south at the time. Anywhere it in the have, south, yeah. Right. Yeah. In the north too. The north. The north gets off easily on things. Don't let's not kid ourselves. Like, like it. There's a lot. There was plenty they, of they racism go around up north too. They mentioned the good doctor uh, Martin Luther King in the movie, and I think his his speech was just a few years before this, right? So, sure. like, yes. uh, like I mean that, but but Jerry, I mean, like that was not that long like not 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 that much time had passed and it, no. it took i mean it's not like people everyone heard i have a dream and and was like oh my eyes have been opened and the world's going to change overnight it's like no that took no, decades because he was assassinated yeah. after that yeah 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 sorry Jerry, uh, go, ahead. go ahead no sorry i get just, i get fired about this stuff sorry <laughs> yeah. guys the the one other thought i had is that e- even if you're recruiting these players it still also boils down to winning yeah Right. If if he had brought in those players and didn't win, we wouldn't even know who Don Haskins is. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, and same with Bear Bryant. If he if he didn't if he had brought in African American students and started losing, mm. he would have been pushed out of yeah. Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, we see in in Glory Road a couple times the the big booster of the school is talking to the school president and he's concerned about how his money is being spent. Mm. And by the end of the movie, when the team is winning and <laughs> approaching the final four, that booster's all over. It's <laughs> yeah. like, hey, this is great. Right. I'm I'm selling more furniture now <laughs> because you guys are winning. Exactly. Exactly. And so, that, and that, and that is some of that s- subtle race, if you want to call it subtle racism. I, I, you know, maybe mm-hmm. some people wouldn't take it that far, but like, uh, of you know, you can't, you can't recruit black people. We need good players. You know, like yeah. like a statement like that, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what if the black people are the best players? And that that's what the, goes back to the description that I read earlier. Is like, it, sports is about playing the best players. It doesn't matter what color yeah. their skin is. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. And El Paso, you know, like you mentioned earlier, right on the border with Mexico. So there was a strong mix of Hispanic people within the city. Mm-hmm. And when baseball was starting to integrate, a lot of times they would tell the African-American players, say you're from Cuba or <laughs> some other Central American, because yeah. They would be more readily accepted than if they were just right. acknowledging themselves as black. Which isn't that unbelievable? Like that mindset is unbelievable. Wow. And I, I, I've just never had a mindset to be like that was a good idea because blah blah blah. Yeah. But it's like, it's crazy to think that that's where 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 they were at then. And even, I mean, it's different now because like you think about a- athletes are revered in such a way at this point too. That it's a different, it's somewhat of a different mm-hmm. thing, just because, like, they're they're given hero status sometimes when they don't need to be given hero status, and then they're they're um, they're just the biggest, most popular thing. Who's more popular than athletes in our mm-hmm. society? Movie mm-hmm. stars. Oh, uh, they're Musicians. right up there with movies. Yeah. I mean, comic, a, comic book collectors. <laughs> for for a lot of people, there's their favorite sports athlete eclipses any any right. like movie star even. Yeah, so, so. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. just interesting. And I, I know. I think I speak for all of us when I say 
we're painfully aware that we're three white men having this discussion. <laughs> yes. We, 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 we have grown up in a society which was already favoring us. So we know that we don't have all the answers and we may not have all the right opinions on this subject. Yeah. We, we are, I think we're, we can say that we're all woke enough to realize we acknowledge that there's a problem. We acknowledge that we're still not there yet. And we want to listen and understand and figure out what needs to be done to help get us further along than where we're at now. My, my biggest thing too, Jerry, and I'll just say this as a public service, I guess I I'm flabbergasted and blown away by people that like, like, I don't know. I always, it's interesting. Like the, people people don't give other people a chance that that's my my biggest thing is that like that idea of like i i don't know i maybe it was i don't know my my household was pretty poor growing up but like in the same vein like we kind of were always taught especially for my mom like always taught to give people a chance like you need to give folks a chance and you need to look for the best in people and not just to like honestly even skin color like i'm from a town of like literal jerry like 99 percent of the people in that town are white but like in my mind i don't even color is not a thing like in my mind i'm just like i i'm gonna treat you like i treat everybody else and be consistent and give you a chance and if you're a bad person you're a bad person if i'm gonna stay the heck away from you if you're a bad person yeah i want to jump on that a little bit so i think one of the things i liked about don haskins the portrayal of Don Haskins in this movie. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that it was accurate to how he really was in real life, but um, how it's not just that he didn't see color. And he says that to several of the players or whatever, but for him, it's like, he was always, he was always focusing on the main thing all the time. Like what's going to, what's going to make us better players. What's going to help us win games. Like he was, I mean, at one point, like one of the, uh, and I'm sure he was making statements, in that last game, that final game, but like mid season at one of the, at one point, one of the um, reporters says like, Oh, what, what statement are you trying to make by recruiting all these black people? And he, I, I wrote it down. He says, uh, Oh yeah. What statement are you trying to make playing so many colors is what he says. And he says, sir, I'm a basketball coach. I don't make statements. And yeah. like, like he was so like no nonsense of like, Hey, look, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to coach a basketball team. Leave me alone. Like let's, mm-hmm. can I just do my thing and not have to answer all these questions about race and black and white and stuff like that. Like, I, and I, 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 I so honor that about him. And I hope that's true of the actual man. I'm sure it's pretty close of, of, of just being like, you know what? I'm not going to get into all of this stupid mess that people are trying to make this thing into. Mm-hmm. It's it's not that, you know, it's, yeah. can we just play ba- basketball? Like, and, and that's like you, and then apply that to every, as, uh, every other aspect of life in 2020, you know, um, it took, it took a massive, you know, horrible situation like the, the death of George Floyd for us to, to say, what are we doing and what is important in life? And like, you know, people, people of all colors are equally important. And so why, you know, why should, why should, you know, we do this or that in basketball? Why should we do this and that in the office? What, what, why should we do this and this, that this and that in our neighborhood or in politics or at our schools? It's like, you know, like it takes a coach like this or, and you know, you name your favorite hero that's stood up for black people in the last, you know, hundred years or whatever. It's, it is about, you know, focusing on what really matters and treating people like people and not, you know, being 
behooven to any kind of law written or otherwise that would say you have to do this and that. oh you can't do that you know yeah you you've got to judge a person based upon their skills and abilities not by their skin tone yes and uh don haskins was focused on basketball i mean at all times early on they there was a scene with him and his kids just shooting hoops and he was still trying to teach his kids the fundamentals of basketball even though they were nowhere ready to play at that level. (laughs) You know, he was focused on basketball. Can this player play? Will I be able to coach this player to play my system to allow us to win? That's all he was focused on. And we saw it repeatedly throughout the movie. And it's, it's that kind of focus that we kind of need in our lives when we're, given people a chance yeah so it so for every heroic moment from don i was was the, the other side of that same coin was a, a moment of sadness for me so it, very early on and again who knows if this is historically accurate but the movie treats it as though i'm re, i'm recruiting black people because i don't have any money like i, I have no budget and so like i can offer full ride scholarships and that's it i, I can't offer them anything else and so like you know, he doesn't have all the resources that a huge school like Kentucky would have. And so mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, let's face it, boys, I'm not going to be able to recruit the best white players out there, but no one is selecting these black players. Nobody, everyone's looking them mm-hmm. over. Everyone is ignoring them. And so in the same moment, I'm, I'm rooting and cheering for Haskins and this, and, and in that same moment, flip the coin over and I'm uh, bemoaning the fact that everyone has looked over you know, Bobby Joe, um, sorry, what's his last name? Um, the the point guard, uh, <laughs> the main character, one of the main characters. Hill. Yeah. Hill, Bobby Joe Hill. Yeah. You know, Bobby Joe Hill should have been looked at and picked up. He should have been fought over. Like every college in that, in that time period, in the, in the mid sixties, yeah. should have said, okay, who's, who's going to take Bobby Joe? Somebody's going to take him. And I'm going to, I want to be the first. No, there was no line at all. Literally, you know, uh, Don Haskins from Nowhereville, shows up and finds Bobby Joe and he says, Oh, nobody else wants this guy. I'll take him, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's both heroic and also sad to watch those scenes play out. So, um, I did think it was really cool how he basically didn't have any money. It was like, you know, like rolling down his window, following people like stalking like a creeper. <laughs> now I will say well, this, like historically, uh, Texas Western had African, some African American players before, uh, he took, before Don took over. Um, yeah. and, and he inherited a few uh, players from his prior teams, one of which, Jerry, Nolan Richardson was a player yeah. on that team, is a long, uh, the most famous Ar- University of Arkansas coach of all time. Um, one of them. One, one of them. them. Who's, that, who's more famous as a, as a basketball coach? Uh, didn't Eddie Sutton coach Okay, there? you're probably right. But are you ready for this one? <laughs> Nolan, but Nolan Richardson, what did he invent, Jerry? What's his, uh, what's his defense? 40 minutes of hell. 40 minutes of hell. <laughs> Nolan Richardson's a bad, a bad dude, man. Like, like yeah. really, really good. Um, what's the, their coach now? Mike, uh, maybe he's not there anymore. He was at uh, Mizzou for he was a at, He went from Missouri to Arkansas, Arkansas. And he played for Nolan Richardson is why. Uh, yeah. Um, there, there is a lot of racism in this movie that's de- depicted. It's a Disney movie, so it doesn't go super dark, although there are a couple of really dark scenes 
in the movie, but um, one of the one of the first instances that I wrote down that I was as I was watching it was um, they're they're at their first I think it's their first game of the season, and they're announcing the players by name and mm-hmm. the, the no clap yeah the, the white Bobby play- Joe Bobby Hill gets no clap yeah. they announce yeah. Jerry Armstrong or some some white player or whatever and he yay Jerry and then uh, the, yeah and then they announce I think there were three black players there were only star- starters there were only two white and three black. And mm-hmm. so only two two of the players on the starting lineup even got cheered. Sure, um, and that's in your home. You know, I think that was a home game. I I, I can't remember exactly, but like no it one, was. yeah, no one's even rooting for their own players because they're black. Now, side side note, uh, you mentioned Jerry Armstrong. Uh, Jerry Armstrong is from Missouri, Eaglesville. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Eagleville. Eagleville. Yeah. Um, but coached King City, coached. Uh, what was the other one? Trenton which is up there by Kansas City. Mm-hmm. But he finished his career, we were talking about this earlier, Phil and I over lunch, at uh, Mansfield, which is down here uh, in southwest Missouri. Mm-hmm. He, as a player, played for Eagleville. Well, actually, played for North Harrison High School. Mm-hmm. Here's another southwest Missouri tie-in. We're recording in southwest Missouri, is why I'm saying this, folks. He played uh, on, uh, for North Harrison. They got state runner-up. They lost to Bradleyville High School. Which there's a whole book about Bradleyville High School, uh, who won the large, who won the only. They only had one class of state champions back then. There's all schools played for one title, and uh, Bradleyville, the Hicks from the Sticks, Jerry, uh, they they won the championship, beating Jerry Armstrong, and then he went from North Harrison to. Um, UTEP to Texas Western. I was ribbing uh, Jack as he was telling me this earlier, like at lunchtime, and, and I said, uh, "I said, are you going to look Jerry McMullen in the face and try to claim Jerry Armstrong?" No, I'm even just saying it's a highlight. Even no. though this guy yeah. grew up much, much closer I to said it was a connection. Jerry McMullen. No. It just no. said it was a connection. It's fine. So. It's fine. You know, throughout watching this movie and even our discussion here. I keep thinking back to the movie Hoosiers. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's and like. There's that, yeah. There's that scene where um, they they go to Indianapolis for the state championship mm-hmm. and they're in that huge <laughs> arena. Yeah. And the, the kids are blown away and they're scared. And the coach goes and shows them the court's the same size as the court they <laughs> yeah. play on. The rim and is the, the same height. Yes. The same height. Yes. And everything's about the plane area is the same yes and that they just have to go out and play their same game and win and that's that's what we end up seeing in this movie too is you know these players they end up getting to the national championship they played the game at coalfield house at campus of university of maryland outside of washington dc for a lot of them that may have been the biggest place they had ever been to Mm. but again it was the same court same height they just had to go out and play. Yeah, and I, I love the 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 nerve of of these you know, nobody players. You know, th- these are some mm-hmm. of the best players in the NCAA, but they're still nobody players and from Nowheresville and going into these massive arenas and saying, "You know what? Let's play our game. Let's do it. Like let's do our thing." And the confidence of of that kind of thing it, with, with literally the world against them. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Like it's not just the fact that they are from a small school with a small program. It's that the world doesn't really even like that. They're on their basketball mm-hmm. court, especially in Kentucky yeah. and places where it's predominantly white athletes. 
Mm-hmm. So there's two scenes I, I want to want us to address um, that are the darkest scenes in the movie. At least they were for me. Uh, there's one which you all, you guys already know which one I'm going to say, but the one where um, it's a sh- yeah shed is jumped in the bathroom. So he they they're on an away game and they go. I think it was maybe after the game. I got. I think that's right. I forget the timing of it, but I think they go out to dinner, late dinner or whatever, after the game or dessert or whatever. And um, they, and then Shez says, "Hey, I'm gonna hit the restroom. Order me blah 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 something with salsa." And so he goes into the the bathroom, and there's a couple white um, kind of redneck rednecky kind of guys, whatever that are in there, and uh, they immediately know who he is, and they just beat the tar out of him and mm-hmm. he comes out of the bathroom all you know bloody nose and bloody shirt and everything then the other one is and these are like intimidation type scenes mm-hmm. the other one is of course the hotel room scene so they come back to their hotel again on an away game hated not i mean it's, it's hard enough to be a, a basketball player that just beat your team but it, mm-hmm. it's very hard to be a black basketball player that just beat your team and so they go back to their hotel room and um, I'm just going to say N instead of the actual word, but ends, ends die is one of the walls. And then um, I don't know if this other word is bad or not. I, I'm so worried. Okay, no, don't, don't I'm not, not going to say it. I think uh, I know what you're going to say. It. Don't say okay, it. Don't say it. Yeah. yeah that's just, uh, uh, blank go home. Yeah. I know and, what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. That's that, definitely that bad. bad. Yeah, I, never, yeah. I, I never heard that. Definitely bad. I never heard definitely that. Definitely going to go toward bad. Yeah, that was that a one. new one for me. I yeah, haven't so, heard that. It's bad. So, um, Anyways, you know, uh, in blood, I think is what they said. They were writing these words in blood mm-hmm. on their, their hotel room, I guess broke in or whatever. And how, <laughs> let me, let me first call, call, call the elephant in the room. Th- those, those events never actually happened like in, in real life. Like I, I looked it up and like you, you, like the players have been interviewed. The coach has been interviewed. Well, on well, East Texas state, which is now <laughs> Texas A&M university of commerce, uh, was mad about it. Like they're like oh, they, they they were mad at the time when this movie came yeah. out. Like they were like, they were like, hey, that makes us look really bad. Like there yeah. are fans are yelling and throwing things. It does say at the beginning of the movie based on a true story, but I think when you take this kind of level of artistic li- license, I think people mm-hmm. it really confuses people. Especially the context and like like what yeah. is that? So you gotta be careful. But I I think the point of the of those scenes in the movie is obvious. They 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 want to show the these. You know the heroes of the movie; these these black athletes, specifically, getting rattled, getting getting agitated. Um, they start to slip on their game. The one loss that they had in the entire season was immediately following these events. You know they're they're having having trouble keeping their head in the game when all these outside pressure is coming in. Um, so I just I thought I thought those were very interesting scenes for the movie, and I, I think had a, a story to tell in and of itself, even though they weren't historically accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I I think what Disney was trying to present is incidents that were probably pretty common across the board. Yes. Um it may not have specifically happened to these players as shown, but this is what it was like to be a ba- black athlete in the 60s on a college team. Yeah. Right. Um and especially a, a team where it was almost almost a 50-50 split between black and white players. Mm-hmm. You know, so many of the schools that did have a black player, they had a black player. It you know, <laughs> the one guy made mention early on when Don Haskins was recruiting him that he didn't want to be the token black player on the team. <laughs> right. Well, and the uh one of the oh, uh, is it one of the de- is it dean of schools that kind of gives Don the 
kind of the outline of how <laughs> hey you can play one uh, African American at home at home two on the road and then three if you're losing by a bunch yeah that's crazy. which is like this crazy yeah. like who knows they it's were a, they were uh, maybe it's just the climate that I find myself in in 2020 right now but in June 2020 but like there were some some um, statements that were made by characters in the movie I know it's the 60s but like that made me blush a little like like stuff that I was just like wow like I kind of forgot that people talk like that like yeah. it, it's been, that's been so far removed yeah from me here but and 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 let's be real people still talk about st- still talk like that unfortunately in 2020 all mm-hmm. the time that's why that's why we find ourselves in the, the political climate that we find ourselves in um yeah. but yeah that it's just not the kind of environment that that I grew up in and I've not been around that very much like I said I I'd never heard of that racial slur ever until I watched this movie. So I, I'm, glad it, you didn't, I'm very innocent. I'm glad you didn't say it, Phil. <laughs> I'm glad I did too. Uh, <laughs> um, we would have I, had to come up with a, a beep or something else. Yeah. I'm very innocent when it comes to that kind of stuff. And so when I watch <laughs> a movie like this, it's it's uh, it's shocking. Well, with I, that with that said, I I don't I don't know of your innocence in this aspect of it, Jerry. As far as like Phil's coming from a, a place where he he's not heard some of these words. I did. I mean, I'm from a small town. Like, I've got a like it's just a tiny town. So, like, there's all kinds of people that will say things. You're like, why would you say that or think that? Like, that, it makes mm-hmm. no sense to me. Like, I literally. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know about your background, Jerry, but like, like, like Phil's background is not that at all. So, Phil, w- does it not make you think how could people be racist? Oh, absolutely. Like, especially now. Like, yeah, in 2020. How is that like the first thing on someone's mind to be like, let's just do this? And the other thing too, I'm gonna say this, like, uh, is it Chauvin? Is that the guy? Yeah, that's his last name, right? The policeman. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's let's say this, like, to say that this is he is an example of any of of any percentage of police is egregious in my eyes because like n- I don't know of any. I mean, I know a lot of policemen and I know a lot of high patrolmen. I have relatives that are high patrolmen. I know I have friends that are policemen. The last thing on their minds is one, you know what? I'm going to go out today and I'm going to take my knee and drive into some, the back of someone's neck who is handcuffed. That's the last thing on their mind. Right. The other thing, uh, the people that I know, the first thing on their mind is not, you know what? I need to go find a black person to arrest today. They're like, they don't want to arrest anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so like then, like what, su- what sucks about the whole thing is that this idiot, Chauvin, and I'll say call him an idiot, I mean, he gets to be the poster child of apparently an entire like a a group of people that are really sworn to protect us and our safety and all people in their safety. Yeah. And the overwhelming majority of those people want to protect people's safety. But this, again, this idiot decides, I mean, what a, what a moron. If you're a police officer, what a terrible, can I call him a moron, Jerry? I'm sorry. I'm I'm okay with that. I I think you're right in line there. (laughs) I I think, I think you might be letting them off. I'm just like, I'm like, I like, I remember when I first saw this, I was like, there's got to be more like context to this, like, or he's just a complete buffoon. Yeah. And the, I mean, and he, there's a big. I mean, it's the whole thing of like his background of of he's got multiple complaints and that sort of thing. And you talk about, um, I don't know how far you, you want to go off in the weeds here, guys, but I could really talk about police reform and what probably needs to happen. But I, we don't need to go that far. I th- maybe I but. think. Uh- like bring this back to the movie. I, I sorry. I, I would love to do a whole episode. Did I mention I get fired up, Jerry? Because it makes no. Because it literally makes racism literally makes no sense to me. No, I agree. And, yeah. and and I think that's what why 
I know this sounds super strange, but just go with me for a second. Watching this movie was a little cathartic for me. Like I, I, I the last two months have been an emotional roller coaster for me personally. Mm-hmm. And I, I grew up in California in the San Francisco Bay Area, and in racism is definitely a part i mean i grew up like 30 minutes from oakland so mm-hmm. i understand what racism is and i and i i know it's a bad thing even in california but i've not experienced like you know deep south and we're in missouri we're not really even deep south but like like you know that kind of thing i didn't grow up around that and so like watching a movie that takes place primarily in the south it's 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 you know west texas but it's also kentucky and, and other southern states and stuff mm-hmm. that they're playing there playing them right and when I when I see that when I watch the news in 2020 today, and I see all the st- the riots and all the stuff that's going on, and, and just people are obviously very very uh, emotionally tied. Their entire being is 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 invested in this, and I and I mm. and I, I watch them struggling and in agony, and I, I I go to agony with them, and then I watch this movie and. and and just for a moment, I'm transported back to the 1960s, and I and I say, you know what, it's it's terrible now. Uh, it was even possibly even more terrible back then. I, 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 yeah. I would say it's more terrible back then. Oh, absolutely. Like I, I mean, some of the yeah. stuff that happened in this, I was just like, how is that possible? Like, how? That's right. But I think it is. I mean, and let me let me paint this one more time but, too. But like, that, go ahead. Sorry. That, just to finish, like like watching this movie for me, like it was almost calming for me to watch this movie, even though it, what I was watching on screen was horrendous. And so, some of the stuff that was coming out of people's mouths, I'm like, how could you say that? It was it was almost calming to me because I was I was thinking, okay, these people have been people have been fighting against racial inequality for decades. The, well, the and beginning it conti- of time. And it will continue Let's for decades. Go ahead. The beginning of time. Oh like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like yeah, I mean, yeah. bi- bi- we can go biblically and biblically. Like there was racial issues. Oh yeah. Back in the day. I mean, like. Mm-hmm. So I. I mean, it, it's it's uh, and it kind of made me want to watch more. Like, what other movies can I watch on other services? What? Um, go ahead, and Jerry. Plug that movie that you were t- telling me about. What's What's the movie that's free right now? Uh, well, right now the um, the movie Just Mercy, which came out at the end of 2019. Mm is available for free streaming throughout the month of june uh some other movies have been made free like selma mm-hmm. uh, which came out a couple years ago and some other movies that feature the focus on the 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 racial strife of the 60s and 70s they're all free on streaming services this month yeah so, so i mean you if you're listening to this you need to if you have time you need to like dive into some of these movies it just if nothing else just to give your brain some context for yeah. just the madness that's going on i i noticed last night on netflix they've got a whole section set up of movies related to these topics to where you can see you can browse an entire list of movies to watch that's great so that's, that's awesome. cool yeah sorry i cut you off what? no i was gonna say this let me paint this one last thing here when I, t- when I talk about, like, I don't understand racism, okay? I want you to – my dad, Jerry, drove a delivery truck for Guy's Potato Chips in Kansas City uh, in the late 60s. In 1968, Kansas City had race, race riots, okay? Uh, my dad was pulled out of his truck and hit in the head with a brick and mm. beaten up by two African-American gentlemen. I did not know that. So – in my, but in my mind, and honestly, and again, my dad is from tiny town America, the middle of nowhere, was in the military, 
when he got out of the military, went, lived in Kansas City with my, with my great uncle. And that happened. And honestly, like, his response is, was not to put a rebel flag on the back of his truck and drive around town uh, trying to, you know, destroy civilization. It was, it was one, it's like mine, where it's like, let's try to understand the context of situations that we're in. And let's try to understand people. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's one of those things where like I I am I don't know I don't know how many people listen to this show or like uh, who listens to this show demographically, but like man, if you have hate in your heart and you have uh, issue with another race of people, hey, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. So like like you guys are saying, fill out your basically your. Um, you need to kind of maybe fill in your resume of maybe some of of uh, diversify kind of like the things you kind of watch and pay attention to, and maybe just figure out some facts about things. I guess I don't know. Anyway, there's my rant for the day. But it's weird. Like race to me has always been like that. Oh, it's weird. Yeah, I can tell so many. I have said other stories too, but I'm not going to go tell you some other stories. So. Um, let's, let's. You guys didn't tune in to listen to Jack uh, <laughs> Jack on race. Um, a full uh, the, the movie's a little less than two hours long a full 20 to 25 minutes of it is literally just that game it, it's the, <laughs> the last 25 minutes of the movie is kind of almost really a reenactment of the game they can't do the whole game obviously they don't have time for that but um, kind of some of the key plays um, it's worth noting just for like sports history buffs or whatever that uh, that one of the key things that everyone talks about from this from this game this historical game was in the movie with uh, Billy Joe Hill doing back to back steals against mm-hmm. the 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 white uh, Kentucky players and how like I found an interview with Pat Riley which I mm-hmm. this shows shows you my ignorance I didn't even know Pat Riley was on this team but like back in the sixties cool. I didn't know anything about Pat yeah. Riley. So, like, I learned a lot about Pat Riley from watching this movie, too. Add another coach to the uh, yeah. un- this unbelievable <laughs> coaching tree, right? Oh, yeah. So um, Wow. But, like, Pat Riley has been inter- interviewed extensively about this game, of course, you know, being in basketball all this time. But he talks about how that that truly rattled them. Like, that, that, that they, they went in there thinking they were invincible going up against, who's this Texas Western college we've never mm-hmm. heard of? And... And going against these guys, it's you know it's all black players. They don't know much about the team. They they know that they're you know whatever it was twenty seven and one. They've lost one game, but other than that, they don't really know much about them. They're, they're thinking they're just going to come out and wipe the floor with these guys. It's back to back. It's two points, two points, two points, two points, and then all of a sudden something just goes off in in Bobby Joe, and he basically does immediately like mid court back to back steals goes up for a layup both times and just i mean just rocked them from that yeah. from that point forward and and they never uh, from that point forward the miners were never in 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 the uh in, in a losing like they were always in the lead the entire game well one of the things that I, the, the movie took some liberties with my understanding is Texas Western was leading pretty much the entire game yeah they they were never Kentucky took an early lead, Texas Western took the lead over, and they led pretty much the rest of the game. There was one point early in the second half where Kentucky got it down to like one point, mm. but Kentucky never regained the lead in that in that actual game. Right. Yeah, and I I mean that's a honestly another very cathartic moment. Like you know you've been rooting for these downtrodden players the entire the entire season. They've just been 
quite quite literally in some cases just beat up on physically verbally you know just told that they don't matter and then to see haskins say look he meets with the team and he looks the white the white players jerry armstrong and the other guys directly in the face he says i'm sorry i know this isn't fair to you guys but i'm not playing you in the final game i'm going with an all black all african-american starter lineup two subs that are also going to be black and i'm not playing any white players for this game and uh, like you said jerry you know clearly making a statement of like hey you know i don't need white players to win a game and um and then going into this game saying we're we're here to win and then just dominating the entire game from beginning to end i that was yeah. very cathartic very like refreshing at the end of the movie after seeing all this unrest to go oh man did they stick it to the man um here at the mm-hmm. end and you know i i think it's unfortunate that they painted rup in a villain kind of way yeah you have to like, have an antagonist in a movie and and also again uh, like I, the context i go back to that a lot like like the context of the time you live in that's why a lot of things like to try to rewrite history, you can't because it's history. Yeah. And so like it's this weird like how do you frame it up in a way that it's a person in the future, guys, the decisions some of us have made and we make, people in the future will be like, Man, what how stupid what were they was thinking? That? <laughs> right. And so like like I, I just am it's hard in a movie, especially about that type of person. Hey, and Adolf Rupp wasn't a saint, I don't think. I mean, he, no. he, I'm not trying to say that, folks, so don't be like, I'm, but, but he also is like, he's a man of his time. He's not in mm-hmm. our time, because if he were in our time, he would not, you know, make, make the comments, maybe the, if those comments are accurate of the movie at all, or that sort of thing. But he also, he was around segregation. He was around uh, racism, uh, wh- whether he himself was that person or not. But um, I don't know. He did he, win a lot. He, of, he won a lot of basketball games. I will say that he so. he didn't do as much as he could have, right? Given his position, sure. that he was in at life as coach at Kentucky, right? He, you know, going back to your statement about Bear Bryant being one of the two most influential people in the state of Alabama, Adolph Ruff was the most influential right. person in the state of Kentucky right. over the governor. Right. Any anything he could have asked for, he would have had. And if Rupp wanted to start a Kentucky team with five African-American players, he could have made that happen. He chose not to. Right. He knew the 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 uh, the path wasn't easiest that way. Now, I will say this. I read, I read something where Kentucky was one of the SEC, the Southeast Conference teams, that was willing to play integrated squads and that before Alabama, before the University of Mississippi would mm-hmm. do it. Those schools were not even allowed to go to the tournament, or no, they boycotted the tournament. I can't remember which one it was. No, I think the NCAA was going to force them, you have to be willing to play these teams or vice versa, mm-hmm. and they said, we're just not going to go to the tournament that year. Wow. So Kentucky ended up in the tournament one year because they were willing to, <laughs> and that's Rupp doing it too. Back to Bear Bryant, though. Uh, Bear Bryant, head football coach at University of Kentucky – before he went to Texas A&M, before he went to Alabama, the reason he left Kentucky is because he knew there was no possible way uh, that he would ever – I mean, he was going to – football at Kentucky is still, in 2020, so far in the shadows compared to, to basketball. Basketball. And back yeah. in the 50s and 60s, he knew there was no chance that he was going to get – and he won at Kentucky too. He likes one of the only people to ever win in football at Kentucky. <laughs> but even he knew, I need to go somewhere else because – Adolph Rupp's going to be 
the guy for a long time, and he couldn't. I don't know. Anyway. Yep. Another tie-in. The Pat Riley one, good job. Phil, for a non-sports person. Yes. You I'm got just, us on that one. I'm not into sports that at all. That was awesome. But, but I, I had to look up Pat Riley. Showtime, Showtime yeah. Lakers, I, man. I may yeah. have gone to Pat Riley's. That's the three, Pete. Dude. <laughs> I may have gone to Pat Riley's Wikipedia page after watching this movie. And the hair. <laughs> My favorite thing about uh, Pat uh, Jerry was the hair. His his slick back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street slick mm-hmm. back hair. It's very, very grease lightning. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the only other note I had, and then I'll, I'll turn it over to you guys, is... Um, and maybe you guys can help me kind of figure out if, if this was uh, at all true compared to history. But there, there's a, a moment where they're playing Iowa, and they're just they're just getting their lunch handed to them. Like they were down by like twelve or fourteen points, or so, maybe more than that. And they end up coming back to win that game, barely. Um, but they they have this huge surging comeback. And according to the movie, they blame it blame it. They attribute it to the black players saying, "quote Let us play our game." And like mm-hmm. at that point, Haskins had tried to come up with a offensive and defensive strategy that he believed would help them win games, but it wasn't working against Iowa. And so these these black players that grew up literally just playing street ball, like not you know organized sports, just like playing basketball on the corner street, the street corner, um, said, "Hey, let us play basketball the way that we grew up playing basketball." And we might be actually be able to turn the tide of this game. He allows them to do that. He says, "Yeah, go for it. Just play your, do your thing. There's nothing. We're already losing the game. There's nothing we can do to lose this yeah. game more." And they go for it, and they it works, and they win. Um, have you have you guys heard anything about that, or like know if that's true? At no, all? I mean, I, I I have you, Jerry. I uh, I know that they won. Um, you know, this was an era where there wasn't the three point shot. True. So. Uh, you scored two point baskets or one point free throws, and if you're down, it's hard. It's hard to make that comeback sure. because you don't have that option to make a three point play generally. Hmm. Um, but everything I saw online last night seemed to indicate, you know, they made a, a comeback against Iowa. Iowa was the number four ranked team at that point, and it was. <clears throat> It was about a month into the season. It, it wasn't their fourth game of the season or early. They they had been playing for a full month. It was like into December that they played Iowa and beat them. Yeah. And their speed and their speed of athleticism was the probably the biggest turning point of anything. Just their and their ability to actually break down and play defense and mm-hmm. play with the, as much speed as they can play with. So I think that the movie wanted you to walk away with kind of two ideas. Is you know one what I just mentioned of like hey they might have to quote quote unquote break a few rules you know to, to, to get the w but then also um that they if they can beat iowa there's there's very little that could stop stop them you know like like that that was the game they should have lost and ended up winning it and so at that point it's, it's like wow like this these kids can actually maybe pull this off you know yeah so if you didn't know and, what history was and i i also think as a coach you're trying to and Jack can speak on this as a coach, you're trying to instill your system in the kids so that mm. they, they all are working towards the same goal. And if you have to substitute someone, that person can go in, fill that position and know what to do based upon how the system works. I think every coach, once they get to that point, then they can look at opening it up and say, Hey, if you see an opening or you see something we can do different, go for it. Yeah. You know, make make the play because they're going to be watching our system and, and know how the system works. So I think 
early on, it was important for Don Haskins to teach the players his system. So that way they knew how to play together as a team. But at some point, Haskins had to admit he had to let his players play regardless of the system. Yeah, and I, th- I feel like um, if, 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 if any of this movie – is true if any of it i mean i'm, I'm not saying that for each of them yeah i'm just be, there is something that's true. i'm saying if any of yeah. it is true and if any of the character stuff that don haskins kind of showed it's that he is a guy that can adjust a guy that can um compromise without compromising himself and in doing that as a coach like turning your guys loose knowing your players abilities uh, and being willing to say you know what you're Go to town, you know. Do 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 that about you. Like um, the uh, there are other coaches in history that don't don't do that as very well and don't adjust very well. And yeah, you know. So, yeah. but, did you guys did you guys recognize Don Haskins in the movie? He had a cameo. No. He was the um. What was he? Custo? No. What was he? He was the gas station yes, attendant. Yeah, gas station attendant. Early yes. on, there's when uh. When Josh Lucas, who plays Don Haskins in the movie, is on yes. a recruiting trip, he stops to make a phone call at a payphone yeah. at a gas station, and the gas station attendant asks him if he wants to fill up the car, and that's Don Haskins himself. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. That's great trivia. I didn't know that's that. Cool. And he died a couple years <laughs> later. He died a couple years mm-hmm. after. Uh, after this movie, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So, um, what, what did I miss as far as, like big scenes favorite scenes we didn't i mean we don't have to talk about it if it's not interesting to you guys but we didn't even talk about cager at all like just with his heart heart condition and all that oh i feel like um my, my favorite um my favorite I, I thought the basketball overall you know how jerry a lot of times in sports movies uh things get really horrible at times mm-hmm. we've talked about this on many movies um and i thought the basketball looked pretty good like it yeah they they, yeah. they, they were they cast athletic people that could actually be athletes, you know? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I've talked uh, in length about Corbin Blue in the High School Musical uh, movie uh, and how he is uh, really not very good at basketball. Like, it's it's pretty apparent. Like, you watch him yeah. do things, and you're like, he's not – he can dance and sing, but he's not <laughs> necessarily an athlete uh, So yeah. in, in that sense. Uh, but these guys all could play. These guys all had ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought it was great. Um I I loved, especially when we're watching a movie that's 15 years old, you know, recognizing some of these actors and actresses from stuff they did afterwards, like um, the Don Haskins wife in the movie played by oh yeah em- Emily Deschanel, who was on Bones for 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the players, um, I'm checking the list here, uh, Harry. Harry Florney, played by McCad Brooks, who was uh, most recently on Supergirl as Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, I, I it took me like half the movie to figure that out, but yeah, because I because from minute one that you see him, I was like, man, what is that guy from? And then about halfway there, I was I was like, oh, he's from Supergirl. <laughs> That's yeah. right, him. He's done a ton of other stuff, but I had not seen him in anything until Supergirl. Mm-hmm. So great cast. I I I thought. I, and I mean, we left out the obvious. We I, I don't think we've literally even mentioned his name, but John Voight is is uh, the the guy that plays um, Rupp. Paid off Rupp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which he they did some serious makeup to his face or something like that. It kind of looks like John Voight, but um, yeah. they you could tell that they really wanted to make him like transform him into to Rupp. Um, yes, definitely. I'm gonna get his name. Uh, Derek Luke, who plays Bobby Hill. 
um, mm-hmm. is Booby Miles from uh, Friday Night Lights the movie, which I oh. love Friday Night Lights the movie. Love it. Mm-hmm. TV show I've not really gotten that into. But the movie, but the movie. is great. The soundtrack is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, I, I was surprised the the director of the movie, this is his only movie. What? He's only directed this movie. I did not know that. Weird. I didn't even look that up. You're right. James Gartner. And um, it's a Jerry Bruckheimer thing, so you think maybe... Is James Garner a fake person that Jerry Bruckheimer's <laughs> like, I'm just going to attribute to this person so I can a pseudonym. just do whatever I want? Um, I, uh, From what I read, who knows if this is true, but from what I read online, a lot of people attribute the the uh, diversion from historical fact to Jerry. <laughs> like the Jerry Bruckheimer like, wanted to like yeah. really make this uh, like a very um, heartstrings pulling kind of film. And I think he succeeded mm-hmm. at that, but at the expense of, you know, making people think yeah. that these things actually happened. Now, yeah. The the movie implies that this was Haskins' first year at Texas Western. He started there in like 1960, 1961. Yeah. So he'd been there for a while. Like four years, He'd yeah. been, re- you know, recruiting <laughs> players. So it wasn't like he just came in and the first thing he did was recruit all these African Americans. And, win, and, and win a national championship. Yeah. On yeah. his first year, I I was uh, having that exact conversation with my wife at lunch today, and and she said, "Why did they do that?" And I said, "Well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to do that. Like you want to make money. Like you, you this has to be a, an mm-hmm. entertainment uh, product that you're eventually putting out." Um, and sh- she said, "Well, but people are gonna walk are gonna walk away thinking that's what happened." I said, "Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. I, I, there's no defense for that. Um, no, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, a lot of things like that. So I mean." Like it's Hollywood. That's why I always yeah. rip on Hollywood because there's like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just make this up and here we go. Um, I did read like the. Um, That's why I believe that all the National Treasure movies actually happened. <laughs> um, Those are also Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah, that's good tie in there. He, I just believe whatever he shows me. <laughs> um, yeah, I did read where like uh, Adolf Rupp's um, son was like very angry at this movie. Like I, I think he even refused to watch it. He he watched the trailers, previews, whatever, but like refused to go see it in the theater because of how it portrayed his dad. Like he was, yeah. I I can kind of understand that. Um, I I'll be quite honest. My my grandparents, my mom's parents, were extremely racist, mm-hmm. and I mean they would tell me. My mom would tell me stories, and my grandparents, I would see it in them. My grandfather used to drive through the African-American neighborhoods in Washington, D.C., just so he could dump the trash out of his car. Wow. Unreal. Like, and, and, and Yeah. I get, I mean, I, I, and, and I'm not saying I agree, but I get it, Jerry. Like, it's one of yeah. those where, man, I've the stuff you see and hear about, like, it, it's just oh, yeah. weird. Like, it's... And for the longest time, my mom was, well... That's just who they are. They're that age. And she she was always trying to dismiss it. But at the same time, she was trying to instill in us, you know, what we've been talking about, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Judging judging people by who they are, by their skills, and not just their skin color. And right. it's like, at some point, you've got to take a stand and start telling your parents, that's not right. That's wrong. Yeah. You're wrong to think that. You're wrong to say that. Um, you know, the words that we couldn't say on the podcast earlier, my grandmother would say all the time. No, and I have, rel- <laughs> no. I, and I do have, and I said that, like, I do have relatives that are, 
have used that that verbiage before, um, and it's one of those where it's just a it's just weird. Like it's one of those weird things where you go, you're. I mean, you're exactly right, Jerry. Is I mean, mm-hmm. the the example. I don't know. I just try to like my son is nine, and I try to teach him all the time that we're just gonna we need to treat people equally. Like it's not, mm-hmm. you know, uh, no man is better than another man. We need to treat people good, like all the time, good and be good. Um, and I, honestly, as a Christian, I mean, what else is there? Yeah. Like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there is no, <laughs> there is no other way. Like, so yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, that's not how all people think, though, and that's that's. That's the hard. That's kind of. The, I think guess that's maybe what we're all tasked with. So, is to, I don't know, try to be a, that light that maybe that will uh, reflect on some other people and maybe their ways will be changed by that. So, hmm. um, any other thoughts on on the movie? I think we'll kind of bring this to a close unless you guys have anything you want to add. No, I. Uh, I thought um, it was entertaining. I, the the only thing I was going to throw out just because, again, we're 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 focus on what we see now and in terms of the ncaa tournament at that point there was only 22 teams in the tournament the only way way you got into the tournament was by winning your conference right they only took conference champions and so they they still had the four regions but each region either had five or six teams in it and it was just a simple grid to advance. So you might only need to play four games to win the national championship, or you might play five games. Mm, wow. So um, it, the the tournament as we know it really didn't start until like 1985 when they expanded to 64 and started allowing uh, so many at-large bids. So it, it, it was just unique to see the the numbers and to see – you know, that game against Kansas was like, it was the Midwest finals, but it was only like the second game in that, in that bracket. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they, they totally skipped over the other two teams in the final four, yeah. which were Duke and Utah. <laughs> <laughs> the coaches were on that podium, but only Don Haskins and, and Adolph Rupp were doing any talking during the interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it is definitely inspired by and and not like a try, even trying to be a, like a true telling of those events, um, and and some of that I give it a pass. Some of that I absolutely do not get it, give it a pass at all. But um, you know they, they they're trying to fit this into a, a 120 minute film, and they can't cover every yeah. every game, every you know the whole season, um, and and they are trying to tell an emotional story to get you emotionally mm-hmm. attached to these characters yeah. and these you know real pe- people played by these characters, but. Um, but yeah, I, I I think overall it is um, it is a, vent, a fantastic movie. I think it is very important to watch a, a movie, even especially in our climate today. Um, it is if you're interested at all in in sports history, like like you know the most important, the top ten most influential or most important games in NCAA history or whatever, you need to watch this movie and then read the Wikipedia page and find out what actually happened <laughs> afterwards. Mm-hmm. But like I think it's there are so many reasons to watch this film even beyond just the race thing, like just for sports and just, you know, to watch an inspiring story about, you know, overcomers and, you know, there's lots of different things to love with the film. So Uh, much like remember the Titans, this is a good movie to watch to begin the conversations. Yeah. Because we can, we can, we're all familiar with sports and the concepts of the teams and such. So 
if we can see what the teams are going through and the dynamics, then we can start relating to that in our everyday life, whether it's with family members, coworkers, and, and the people we come in contact with. It it becomes a guide to kind of help us hopefully behave better. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think I loved this conversation. I, I think it's, um, you know, on an entertainment podcast, it's not, you know, I knew we were getting into pol- politics today because how could you not? Like what, watching a movie like this in 2020, like it's going to come up. Um, but like for an entertainment podcast like ourselves to, um, to, to, to broach some of the issues that are outside of this movie makes this, these conversations really fun. I, you know, we could talk about, we could have watched, well, a couple weeks ago we talked about black Panther and, you know, even then like brought up like racial things and stuff like that, how like important it is for, for that kind of culture. And, you know, I think that's the most, I think the most important conversations in the world about entertainment is when the, it bleeds over into other aspects of real life. So, um, so thank you guys for, Good times. Yep. Yeah, for having good, good talk. Yeah, and and tackling a subject that is difficult to talk about, I think, um, was I think brave, and and I respect you guys for that. Um, Absolutely. Be, because we went a little bit long, I think we'll we'll skip. What else have you been watching on Disney Plus? Well, I've got a couple things I've been watching. We'll talk about that uh, next time. But um, I, I do want to make sure we get to uh, Jerry's podcast so every time yes. you, you come on i always want to make sure I, I give it a plug here's here's the here's the unique question that i want to ask you for this one because i mm-hmm. um i've not been able to tune into your guys' show so I, I need you to educate me but okay um the comic book world has been different over the last yes. couple months <laughs> talk about that a little bit and um what have you guys been covering on the show in a dearth of comics comic books even being released <laughs> okay um it has been challenging um what is the you name? Know, of, what is the name of the show first? Sorry. Yes. All right. We'll start with there. Worst comic podcast ever. Uh, if you can say it in the in the the voice and inflection of the comic book guy from the Simpsons, <laughs> it sounds even funnier. <laughs> um, and we we've, we've we've done our best to improve on that. We want to set the bar low, but if we exceed it, then all then we're doing something right. Um, the guys that I do it with, my friends Colin and John, we've known each other since uh seventh grade so we've gone middle school to middle age and um this is our this is our weekly poker night some people get (laughs) together for poker night or book book night we get together for podcast night and we talk about comic books which is what brought us all together now when everything kind of shut down into march that included the distribution of new comic books to stores uh and a lot of stores were shut down they they couldn't open their doors based upon uh local guidance so um we have been trying to fill the fill the (laughs) void each week um you know we haven't had new movie releases to talk about you know by this time we should have had both the black widow and the wonder woman 84 movie that's crazy to to talk about um so we've we've missed out on that we did see some of the end of the tv season so we kind of had that uh but one of our listeners early on back in january started a um a uh, hashtag movement, my 500 comic goal. Oh, and the, yeah. the challenge was to read 500 comics over the course of this year. Wow. And, you know, we accepted it. They get, all right, no big deal. It'd be fun to kind of do. But 
when everything shut down and everyone's spending more time at home, suddenly we have a little more time to read. <laughs> so reaching that 500 comic goal was no problem for John and myself. Cullen's still a little behind, but uh, we're I'm I'm up past 600. John's up past 700. Oh, you've already. Wow. Like- you yeah, we're just, just blasted through. Yeah. We're just we're keep going. We've <laughs> we've started reading a lot of books digitally through the different online apps like uh-huh. Marvel Unlimited or the DC Universe app, Comicsology. So even though we don't have physical books to read, we're still reading a lot of books that are new to us. So uh, that's been good. We've we've interviewed some people. Brought you know people still have Kickstarters going on or. Uh, other projects going on so we've we've we haven't had a lack of content during this time we've just we've had to change things around you know one of the things that we do each week is normally we pick a book that's coming out this week that we really want to pick up and it's it's a way to to promote our sponsor well when no new books aren't coming out what do we do well we picked a different creator each week, and if we could get that creator signed one book, what would it be? Mm. What 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 would we get a Jim Lee or a Neil Adams or a Todd McFarlane to sign? And it became kind of a fun discussion point on those episodes. Um, thankfully, over the last couple of weeks, the new books have resumed. Stores are starting to open back up, uh, so it it's given us fresher content to be talking about uh but we're still not there yet we don't have the movies uh we do have one of the things you know uh i'll just say one of the things i've been watching over the last couple weeks is the new star girl series on cw is it good it it's great it's great i mean it's a typical cw show it has the same formula as flash or supergirl gotcha but it's it's told from a teenager point of view at a high school level. Oh, cool! And it's a lot of it's a lot of fun, and this has been one of my favorite characters for twenty years now. So it's great to see her make the the jump to uh, the TV screen like this. So That's awesome! I would, I would definitely check out Star Girl if you haven't yet watched it. Is she the the youngest? of the dc cw characters like it yes okay that's awesome that that really that really brings in a a whole audience that they were probably missing out on yes yes definitely that's awesome so um and i'm also just going to make another quick plug because you guys are very great with your time uh i volunteer for the hero initiative yeah yeah uh hero initiative is a nonprofit that raises funds for comic book creators in times of financial need uh that can be medical bills or housing issues or anything along the lines it you don't have to be a senior creator it could be someone relatively young about our age that is having issues hero initiative was created to help those out so we do different fundraisers um normally when when things aren't being locked down we go to cons and we set up booths and have donation buckets around the show floor and stuff uh hero initiative has been uh to kind of make up for that lack of funding coming in they've been hosting these online zoom calls with different creators where you pay x amount and you get to have a hour-long q a session with a different creator oh, and man. if it's an artist they'll take down your address info and send you a sketch wow. that they do during the call so that's been one of the things they've been doing the whole reason i wanted to bring up uh hero initiative is that we just lost a a great comic creator this past weekend denny o'neill passed away i saw that um he 
he came up in comics in the 1960s. He's originally from St. Louis, so he's a Missouri boy. Um, He was a a small man, but he had a very loud voice. And he, he used his platform as a writer and later as an editor to help tell stories that need to be told. He... He did a lot of work for DC in the 70s, uh, writing Justice League, writing Batman, um, just doing so many great stories where he was po- – he he did a legendary run with Neil Adams on Green Lantern and Green Arrow, wow. where the whole focus of that storyline was focusing on social issues, not supervillains. Hmm. Um, later, he went to Marvel. He wrote for Marvel. He edited at Marvel. He went back to DC. He was an editor and he edited the Dark Knight Returns book with Frank Miller, oh, as my. well as the ongoing Batman book. So the Batman that we know today started in the 80s under Denny O'Neill's watch. Wow. So um so much of what we see in the comics medium was influenced by Denny. And I just want to take a moment to to recognize him we're going to be talking about him this week on the podcast and just going over his career and his impact on the industry um he's got a lot of great stories out there go out and find a book of his and give it a read yeah what a what a great honoring of, of him thank you for doing that on our show and mm-hmm. uh tune into the worst comic podcast ever just in your podcast yep. player of choice to yep. hear the three of them talk about it. that's gonna be a great conversation to listen to thank um, you and uh, and Google the Hero Initiative. I, I one mm-hmm. could argue that the Hero Initiative has never been more important than it has been the last couple months. Correct. Because um, a lot of yep. these guys, you don't think of when you think of um, comic books. Often, oftentimes, you're thinking of you know the the huge names that you know are mm-hmm. on some of the biggest books out there. And then there's th- literally thousands of these other guys that are just trying to make it and make their living on going to cons and interacting yes. with people, introducing their works to people, and you know getting their books books into the hands of people that might read them well they haven't been mm-hmm. able to do any of that over the last few months so Correct. um if you love comics um you owe it to yourself to go to the hero initiative look at what these guys are doing donate contribute um you know help push the medium forward so um absolutely HeroInitiative.org and our website is wcpever.com cool well thank you so much jerry for coming on the show it was really absolutely fun. And, I I so look forward to sitting down with you guys. One of these days, we're actually going to get together in person. Yes, and do, do it. A, do a show. We, all three of us at the same table. That'd be awesome. So that that was I, that was all uh, yet another thing that was supposed to happen by now, and it has not happened mm-hmm. since Planet got uh, Planet Comic Con got postponed. So um, everything I, is looking good to to do it. Do you think in August? I, I don't think so. Oh, uh, no. Me personally, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they're going to be able to. If, if they're able to open, they're only going to be able to allow X number of people in. Yeah. It's not going to be a, a free-for-all for ticket sales. And I don't know that they're going to be able to cover their expenses mm. with a limited ticket threshold. Um, we've seen a lot of other cons scheduled for after Planet Comic Con, um, Rose City Comic Con, uh, Emerald City Comic Con, that they're canceling wow. just because they can't. They can't get those ticket sales in place. There are some cons. I know there's a con down in Florida in July or August that's going to open, and it's only going to allow like 20,000 people a day. Wow. 
and that which is to still, me that that, that, that sounds still like a, sounds like a lot. That sounds like a yeah, lot. Yeah, it's still a lot. <laughs> I mean, so gosh. I I, and, I think it's probably going to be closer to 2021 before we see the large cons start back up. What about again. an outdoor? What about an out? I mean, the problem is the temperature, like and, yeah. and rain. That's sort of thing. What about an outdoor thing? Like, I feel like if you had the right space, if you had a yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, with a, a pre-existing like. You could use like already, a fairgrounds, the, yeah, or, that already does flea markets. It already has a, yeah. you know, I, I use the word flea markets because I'm in the Ozarks, so I say yeah. things like flea markets. Again, <laughs> you've got to have the weather cooperating. Yeah, and that's the scary part. And you you've got to have these, a yeah. place where yeah. you could still allow people to come in and somehow control ticket sales. Yeah. yeah. So that's that. I there are smaller cons like one day shows that are setting up where they've got windows open or something to help provide better ventilation. But um, I don't think we're going to see a larger con be able to pull something like this off. Well, you know, San Diego comic con has already canceled. So wow, uh, they're going to do some things in July online, make it open to anyone that wants to participate. But yeah. um, they just, you, as it is right now, these large events, whether it's cons, whether it's sporting events, you just can't have, that mass of people together and it's disappointing but it's the reality of the situation well, that's why we wanted to have you on today jerry because we're going to offer you a chance to help us put together megacon in lebanon it's going to be at the fairgrounds in lebanon come on out um we're going to have uh, i'm not sure the voice of hans moman will be there uh and it's gonna be a great day Get some wrestlers in Man, and we got there there's lots of wrestlers that have come <laughs> Even small cons would be hard to put on because, you know, a lot of those, they're, even their numbers are going to be low. And then can they even afford to, to do that as mm-hmm. well and to attract personalities to come? And uh, what a big debacle this, this year has been for yeah. I, a year without SDCC is just like unbelievable to me. Like mm-hmm. that thing's been around for forever. We have a, uh, we have this uh, church building right now that we are <laughs> recording in. Uh, I'm going to call John Wesley ship later. He'll be there, okay. and uh, we're going to have a meet and greet with him. You can set up a booth or whatever you need to do, Jerry. Uh, come on in to yeah. – uh, what, what do we call this, Phil? PhilCon. Sousa, sure. Sousa yeah, Con. I, I was supposed to hang out with John Wesley Shipnet's weekend at whatever. PhilCon. Are you serious? He, yeah, he oh was the guest at, at Smallville Con. That's that's the con that we go to out in Hutchinson, Kansas, where we're we're like the the dedicated celebrity. Oh panelists. my gosh! Dude, well, awesome. I used him because I've seen him at about I've seen him at <laughs> yeah. plenty of cons. I figure mm-hmm. if for the right price, we could get him to come here and have a meet and greet. And you probably still could. <laughs> I don't know what that would be called. Susicon. Can we call it the thoughts and opinions of Jack Alterman? Do not necessarily reflect the thoughts. No, and opinions I mean of I, this I'm podcast. not going to say anything too salacious to John Wesley's <laughs> ship. Um, but I do remember the first time I watched the original Flash show was after the uh, Duke played in a Duke played in the national championship and won the national championship. I remember right after that, CBS put on uh, the Flash right after that. Yeah. So that was my. Uh, John Wesley ship connection. Ninety-one. Uh, yes, that's my John uh, we- Wesley ship connection with this movie, and now we've come full circle. Good job, guys. And didn't Duke win that game? They did against Kansas. I believe so. 
full circle. Look at this. <laughs> I'm, I'm just Rock glad that Chalk Jayhawk. I'm, I'm glad that we were able to do this episode with two people that actually know sports. Yeah, you would have been in trouble. <laughs> I would have been really but in trouble. But you sang this with Pat Riley. <laughs> I, Pat Riley, I think, was a basketball player. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Um, so yeah, that that be my contribution. Had a Paul, <laughs> to that episode. He had Paul Mitchell level hair. He was great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to try to land, land this plane. Um, let us know what you want to hear about on this podcast, and or uh, send us your own review, something that you've watched on Disney Plus. So, send us your thoughts on on Glory Road. I would love to hear even more discussion on this um, incredible uh, timepiece. Uh, we'd love to include you in the show. Disney Plus reviews at hotmail.com. Uh, next week uh, it is out, and uh, we are going to talk about it next Sunday. Give people some time to watch it. Uh, but we are going to watch. We are going to watch and review Artemis Fowl yes. on the next episodes uh, of Disney Plus reviews. So look for that in your feed next Sunday. Uh, subscribe to the worst comic book uh, podcast ever. Go to HeroInitiative.org um, and uh, support what's going on there. Uh, thanks again to Jerry uh, for joining us today. Um, Thank you always, for the invite, guys. Always we'll you guys are you're always welcome. Out. We'll have you on again soon. I Come promise. Come back next week for Artemis Fell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that's a great trans- transition. We'll see you next week for Artemis Fell.